When you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. You're listening to the official podcast of the nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. And away we go. Yo, what's up, Red Raider Nation? Welcome back to the nation's official podcast. We are your hosts. I am TJ Kern. That is Blake Hartsfield. Blake, a lot of stuff going on in Red Raiderland right now. This basketball team continues to win, continues to put up resume building wins. And, uh, Man, we're going to get into that comeback against BYU here in a minute. We're going to talk some Pop Isaacs. But first, I'm going to let you defend your boy. And, of course, if people watch our pod or listen to our pod, we know you are the president of the Baron Morton fan club. I am the president of the Baron Morton uh, fan club, TJ, since the, the day that I saw him first play against Oklahoma State as a true freshman, how well he played on the road in Stillwater, I've been a Baron Morton believer, to put it uh, mildly. So, Well, you know who's not a believer? West Coast CFB on Twitter has 19,000 followers. He ranked the Big 12 quarterbacks for 2024. And if you know the answer, but without, without knowing this list, where would you think Baron Morton should be? Top five. I five to five, five to, to seven, seven no, yeah no, no worse than seven personally i'd put him in the top five um i think he's better than the returning starters at iowa state and west virginia and garrett green and uh rocco beck but uh yeah I, no worse than seven definitely top five for me okay so i'm just gonna read this list real quick okay number one shador sanders colorado sure, sure. okay um number two is going to be Noah Filthita, the Arizona quarterback. Okay. They had a good year last year. They went nine and three, averaged 34 points a game. I did yeah, my homework on this man. one, but I, TJ, I did my homework on this one when I saw this list. Uh, I, th- this guy's a moron putting it nicely. Yeah. Well, not to mention, he's got Donovan Smith ranked 10th, and Baron Morton beat him and ran him out of town. The coaches had a whole offseason and three quarters of a season to evaluate Donovan Smith and Baron Morton. They picked Baron Morton, the true freshman over Donovan Smith. So to have Donovan Smith ahead of him, uh, mind blowing. They've got Josh Hoover ahead of him, TCU's uh, stud, but, but Baron Morton beat him head to head last year when they both started that game in Lubbock. Uh, KJ Jefferson from Arkansas going to UCF. Uh, they have him at number five, TJ. He literally got his offensive coordinator fired mid year because their offense was so anemic in, in Fayetteville. Um, it, it, the, the list is a joke that to have bear where, where did they tell the people where they ended up have had baron morton ranked so there's 16 quarterbacks here they have baron morton ranked next to last at 15 so my response is tell me you haven't watched texas tech football without telling me you haven't watched texas tech football TJ, I, I know you know this. Um, a lot of our listeners probably know this, but I don't know if they've actually gone in and looked at the numbers. This guy clearly didn't do any homework, okay? So Baron Morton last year started started and completed seven games. I'm throwing out the BYU game that we were down by three at halftime when he got knocked out, and then he didn't play uh, in the BYU game on the road, right? So K-State, he gets knocked out at home. On the road at BYU, he doesn't play. So the seven games that he started and finished, that's six conference games, uh, and the bowl game, and then the loss at Texas is the only loss. He went six and up, six and one 
The only loss being in Austin. Okay, that's wins against Houston, TCU, UCF, at Kansas, at Baylor, and the neutral site bowl game against Cal. All right, so six and one. So if we throw the Texas game out, right? I, I looked at the numbers from the six wins when he went six and zero. Oh. And the Texas game is the worst game Tech has played all year. They're not in the Big Twelve moving forward, so I think it's kind of irrelevant anyway. But against Big Twelve level competition, he had a seventy QBR. The offense averaged thirty three points a game. He had twelve touchdowns and four interceptions. TJ thirty three points a game was would be good enough for fourth of the of the Big Twelve moving forward, including the Pac twelve additions. Um, and he was playing at maybe 80%. He was playing hurt, getting no practice reps during the week, getting no uh no work just because they were trying to get him, you know, healed enough to be able to go out there and play on Saturday. TJ goes six and oh against teams not named Texas. And this guy puts him at second to last in the conference. It's just it's moronic. Sorry, I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, we just wanted to start off with that because I, I know you're the president of the Baron Morton fan club. I, so I, I, am had the, I am the president. I am the president, and, and it's just but a joke. I, I, I am somebody that watches the games, and I, I'm, an, I'm more of an eyeball test guy. You go into the numbers and the analytics and all that, and that's what makes us, you know, such a good pair. But it reminds me, Baron Morton reminds me a lot of – and I'm going to say a name that Tech fans don't like. And you could shoot me down for saying this at all. The first time I watched Baker Mayfield play football, I knew Baker Mayfield could play football. And it was the same thing when I saw Baron Morton out on the football field. Like you said, Oklahoma State, maybe drop him a couple spots because he hasn't really proven that he can stay healthy. But next to last? Yeah, I mean, for, for a guy that again, TJ, in the seven games he started, he went six and one. Um, they averaged thirty three points a game, and if you throw out the game against Texas, which I think is more than fair to throw out, the whole team didn't show up, and Texas isn't in the league any anymore moving forward. Six and zero, oh, in, including the bowl game, um, thirty three points a game. But yeah, he's he's the second, and again, having beat a couple of the guys ranked ahead of him, um, it's a joke. And this is for next year, not this year. I know so it's a joke. Think of all the offensive upgrades that that we're gonna have at receiver, at tight end. Taj Brooks coming back. I mean, ter- uh, terrible, terrible list. Anyway, we are the nation's official podcast. I am TJ. That is Blake. It is hoop season, and Blake, we have to get into it. What a game on Saturday at the USA, the BYU, the Fighting Mormons come to town. And they came ready to play. Yeah, um, they did. Tech has, uh, first off, TJ, great win. Um, to, to come back in the manner that they did and get an, an 85 to 78 win. Um, the second half was electric. Pop Isaacs kind of led that charge, and, and we're going to talk more about him. But um, overall, great, great win. Uh, home win. We, we it, it starts him at one and one in this tough four-game stretch that we've talked about, which is great. It's good to get the one at home. TJ, the only complaint that I've got is they got to stop falling behind at home by double digits. Um, they've been able to come back twice against Oklahoma state and, and now BYU, but um, imagine how much they'd be boat racing teams at home. If they started the game, the way that they're able to to bounce back after falling behind. Yeah. I mean, that has been an issue starting the game and starting the game on the right foot. Um, they struggled at home against Oklahoma state. Uh, they struggled Fell behind the early road. in Austin. Fell behind early yeah. in Austin, came back. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's been several instances this year, but the grit and the toughness 
of this team. Look, I'm going to be honest. We weren't doing a post game. I knew we were doing a podcast. You had obligations. Things happen. But when they fell behind by 16 at halftime, I kind of was like, all right, I'm, I'm prepared to talk about this. They didn't show up, and we're going to get boat raced by BYU. And then I'm on Twitter, and it's like, let's finish this. So I'm like, hold the phone, to borrow a phrase from the old Keith Jackson days, uh, the uh, Hall of Fame announcer. Hold the phone, my friends. And I got back onto the game with about 11 minutes left, and what a start to the second half they had. And – about five minutes, four minutes left in the game. You're, you're within striking distance there, and they put them away. Got got the win. The crowd was great. Uh, Coach McCaslin was huge on the crowd. Pop in the postgame said that the, the environment uh, in Lubbock, the crowd, was a big reason why he chose to come to play at Tech was for situations like this. I mean – and, and another quality resume victory. Yeah, solid quad one win. Uh, TJ, the computers love and the, and the analytics love BYU, even with the loss to us. Um, and I believe their loss to Houston last night. They're still in the top 10 of both the net, the RPI, uh, the Sargon, all of them. So the computers and the analytics services love BYU. They're going to love that win for the Red Raiders. Um, very, very solidly in quad one. Um, like you, TJ, I, you know, Saturday was, was my wife's birthday. So I didn't get to watch much of the game. I got to watch about the first five or six minutes of the first half and they were already down double digits when I left to go to dinner. I kind of thought, well, they're probably going to get blown out and this is a, a tough four game stretch. And then, um, I didn't look at my phone for the next two and a half of, or three hours. Um, and, and had no idea what was going on in, in Lubbock until I got a text from you when I was leaving dinner, I looked down and, uh, that, that they had won. And I, I literally texted you back. I said, what? Like, cause I, I, I didn't believe you. Um, needless to say the next morning I got up and went back on and watched the replay of the second half. Um, and just the, the, the role that they were, you know, momentum changed quickly. The role they were able to get on was impressive. Pop Isaacs was knocking down shots. Uh, defense was getting stops. Um, and, and the crowd, it, it was like a, an avalanche almost, and, and BYU just couldn't stop it. Uh, they came all the way back, and, and look, a win's a win. And that is their fourth win in the Big 12, Blake, already. Four so one. we were – got to remember, at the beginning of the season, we were like seven, eight, maybe nine. Could get you in. Four and yeah. one, and then first place in the Big 12. And the schedule looks really good, TJ. I mean, they got two more – a couple more tough ones, but – um, Austin talked a little bit about it when he was on our last podcast, they're favored and in, in their last six of the year, um, they get UCF twice, which is a blessing. Uh, they only have to play Kansas once. Um, and that's in at Lubbock home. at home. Um, you know, they got two against Baylor, two against TCU. That's probably your toughest, uh, pair of, of games against a single team that they've got left, but, um, they've got an opportunity here. Um, I don't know if they're going to be there at the end of the year with, with Kansas and Houston to win the league. But I think finishing in the top five is very much a realistic goal at this point. Um, and doing so would, would lock up a probably a four or a five seed in the NCAA tournament, which if you had told me that at the end of the year, I, I would not have said that was possible. I would have said there's no way that, that, that they're going to finish that high. Um, so testament to Grant McCaslin, uh, testament to that team and that culture that he's created in a, in a very short amount of time. And um, he's got some guys really playing well for him. 
Hashtag TTW, baby. Toughest team wins. And I was on Twitter earlier this week, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I completely forgot about this era of Texas Tech basketball. I saw a picture of Billy Clyde Gillespie when he was coaching at Tech, and I messaged a couple of my friends, and I was like, dude, I for, I, I completely forgot about Billy Clyde Gillespie. One I year, was right? so excited when we when we hired him, right? Yeah. So I, it, Red Raider Nation was thrilled. He was Mr. Texas basketball. He's going to do great things for Tech. And it was a disaster. And then you, you go hire the right guy in Grant McCaslin. We said so on this show. Um, and the fanfare was kind of split. There was a lot of up and down when we hired Grant McCaslin. But the more you see this team play, the more you see his excitement, you listen to his press conferences. Watch him on the sideline. It's night and day different from Adams. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he has gotten this team in his first year in the Big 12 to a 4-1 and one record. And like you said, we were just saying, make the tournament. Make the tournament would be outstanding. Well, I, I don't want to say that we're going to sit here and say that the Big 12 is is ours for the taking. It's still going to be a lot of tough battles every single night. Just ask Kansas, you know, who's struggled a couple times. Houston struggled a couple times. This every league game is, yeah. be within five points. This, the, league this, beats league. It, this league beats each other up. Um, there's Look, at the, at the end of the day, TJ, I think they're probably going to end up um, at the top of that second tier. Um, just below uh, Kansas and Houston and probably Baylor. Although I think depending upon, you know, how Baylor gets through the meat of their schedule, you, you could end up, you know, ahead of Baylor in third, but um, of, of that second group. And, and if, if I'm going to put for argument's sake, I'll put Baylor at three because um, they're, they're favorite defense there. I don't know that it'll happen, but we'll see. Um, so of that second tier group of Iowa state, TCU tech, Oklahoma uh, and and BYU, I see no reason why they can't finish at the top of that group and and finish in fourth or fifth in this league, which would be an unbelievable year. Um, and again, you'll be rewarded with a probably a five seed would be my guess in in the NCAA tournament. And we have to talk about the man, the head of the snake. He struggled a little bit in Houston. The whole team did. However. What a way to rebound for Pop Isaacs, who's leading the Big 12 in scoring, by the way, at 19.8 a game. And I know you wanted to say a few things about how Pop's playing right now. Look, I, I owe him a little bit of an apology after the Houston game. You know, I said that was a game that that Tech was going to struggle to win um, because of they, they are so oriented on a team style and, and balanced scoring. And you kind of need that dude. I still think Tech is at their best when they're when they're scoring as a team, but at the end of the day, you got to have a guy that can can go get you points when you need it. And Tech fans, we're watching Pop Isaacs grow up and do that in, in front of our eyes. What he did against BYU in that second half, uh, what he's done in conference play as a whole since it's begun, as TJ mentioned, le- you know, leading the conference in scoring, um, really impressive. He's, he's efficient. He's taking better shots. Like, like we've talked about, you're going to have to live with one or two a game where he kind of just jacks one up because he's, he's hot and just heat checks it. Um, but TJ, the, the, I think the thing that's impressed me the most so far through conference plays, he's a lot tougher than I thought he was. Um, you know, when he showed up last year, I thought he was a good player. He uh, yeah, uh, he, he does. He competes and is a lot tougher and grittier than I thought he was. 
you know, he came on as, as a freshman last year. I thought this is a good player. He, he kind of likes to run around on the perimeter and take jump shots. And he was a good scorer, but that, that was kind of what it was. Right. And watching him this year, being willing to to go in and, and, and put the ball on the floor and, and take a hit. And, and he's taken a lot of hits driving to the basket and he's willing to go to the free throw line. Um, he's not afraid of that, which is, which is encouraging as a lead, kind of a lead guard or an off a, a, a co-lead guard with, with Joe Tuisant. Um, and, and just his willingness to, to, to battle and, and to hit the floor for loose ball. Like he's way tougher than, than I ever imagined that he was. And I've just been so impressed. Yeah. He's, he's had to deal with a lot and I'm not going to get into all that, but his, per, it, it it would be easy for somebody in his shoes. That's all I'll say to shoot jump have shots. a rough year. Oh yeah. Just shoot jump shots and, and, you know, have a, get cold and lose your confidence and, and shoot 27% from three and, and not be a super effective player, but he's yeah, not so done that. They focused his, his ability to focus. And um, McCaslin talked about it in the post game. He's not over at timeout saying, yo, I'm hot. Give me the ball. He's saying, yo, we got to get stops. We what what can we do? What are the rotations looking like? Like, I mean, he is all about Texas Tech basketball right now. Um, and another guy who I gotta give you credit for, because I picked my guys coming into the year. Warren Washington yep. needs to be more involved as a scorer if this team is going to go where we think they can go. Um He's averaging 13 in so, Big 12 play. He needs to be in the double digits. Watching him at Houston, that was that was kind of a tough game for all of us. So we're just going to, you know, wash that one away. But when, when Warren Washington is involved in the offense, this team, the, the ceiling is as is, is high as can be. TJ just opens up another element um, to kind of go back to – one of the commentators, I think it was Fran Fraschilla, was talking about how, you know, they're like a pitcher in baseball where they've got a fastball and then they've got a, you know, then they can throw a curve and run on you. And then they've got a, a change up that, you know, wh- whatever. It gives you another element. Um, I'm all for feeding the big fella. Um, I've always been for feeding the big fella when you've got a guy down there that, that can score and can and create some things. TJ's an underrated passer um, when oh, a double right. team does come. Um, and that knocks that, oh, that opens up a, a Pop Isaacs three or a Chance McMillan three or a Kerwin Walton three, right? We've got snipers surrounding him, uh, which is kind of what you want to do. TJ, I'm of the opinion that three to four times a half, they need to come down with the intent of, hey, we're going to post him up at 30 seconds as soon as we get down the floor, and we're going to throw a lob to him and just let him work. And if that ends up him taking seven shots because he goes for a post move, so be it. If he passes out, great. Three to four times a half, and then the other thing that they need to be doing, and the, and they've been doing a good job of doing this. I think this is why you've seen the offensive numbers and the scoring numbers tick up. But two or three lobs a game off a of pick and roll when it's there, um, and and he's athletic. He can go. He's a big, long target. He can go up and get it. Um, it, it it's looked really good, and continue to feed the big fella because then, it, TJ, it, it's the it's the oldest thing in basketball, right? It it. it Big guys work harder on the defensive end when you give them a little bit of love on the offensive end of the floor. They're more willing to go battle for a rebound. They block more shots. They give they they come over that much harder on the rotation because um, they're not frustrated with not ever touching the ball on the other end. So feed the big fell and it's going to pay dividends. And it's paying dividends, Blake. He's blocking one point eight a game, which He's I believe awesome. also is close to leading the Big Twelve there. Um, and to be able to play defense. 
the way he has to be the anchor of this defense, the way he has not fouling without getting into foul trouble has been huge for this team. Yes. He's, he's a very intelligent player. Clearly Um, he's going, he, he does a really good job of, of not picking up dumb fouls when he gets a foul. He usually gets his money's worth, Um, but he plays good defense without fouling PJ and, um, I think at some point he probably will get in foul trouble. Um, and, and that's why the, the Jennings emergence and, and development is still important. Um, but yeah, Warren Washington has been um, one of the, the big reasons that this team has started four and one um, along with Pop Isaacs for sure. And I got to give my guy a little love because he, he no showed in Houston, but like I said, just, just throw that Houston game away. They played suffocating defense. I haven't watched a, a ton outside of Tech, but Houston is the most impressive team I've seen so far defensively. Um, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, and the rankings back it up. First TJ, in- they, they, they remind me of us the year we went to the title game defensively. I mean, they're that good. The, the rotations are that good. The system is that good. Um, I don't like play, love having to play against them, and luckily that's the only time we got to play them this year unless it's in the Big 12 tournament or, or in the NCAA tournament. Um they're they're that good defensively. They're they're Virginia good. They're tech from a few years ago good. Um, just a, a grind to play against them. Yeah, and and like I've said multiple times on this podcast already, they, that game was ugly. But uh, my guy Chance McMillan back in double digits, twelve points uh, in the BYU game. Most of them in the second half. Um, Blake, he's our only offensive threat coming off the bench. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. I mean, and and he. And he can get hot, obviously, with the seven three-pointers at Butler. Um, If he gets some open looks, I'm all about giving him the green light. Um, Our ball movement's been a lot better this year. So, um, and and Joe, to to his credit, like you said, will run the offense, get get us some good looks. His scoring's kind of been a little roller coaster-ish. But, I mean, he's running the offense very effectively. He's he's doing exactly what I thought he was going to do. Uh, you're going to have some roller coaster. One night he's going to score, and the next night he's going to have four points. Um, that's what the, the the Devin Cambridge injury and their ability to overcome this TJ um, and, and to start four and one and to, and to put themselves in in this position with the opportunity that they've got in front of them. Um, TJ, they've got six guys that can score. Um, now they have a, a seven, maybe eight man rotation, depending on the, the trust level in Jennings and the development there and what he's able to give you. I'm of the opinion he can give you 10 to 12 minutes in a big 12 game um, just to go out there and and defend and and hustle and rebound. Um, but you got six guys that can score. Um, McMillan's your only threat off the bench. Any offense I think that you get from, from Jennings or, or uh, Lamar Washington at this point are uh, – just just a, a bonus that you don't you cannot bank on so if you get two or four points uh, a game from those guys combined that's great um the scoring is coming from the starting five in mcmillan um and they've been able to get it done so far they're winning in different ways um and again i, I it all comes back to the to the culture and, and, the, and the head coach um i think he's done a fantastic job and excited to see what he's able to do the rest of the way speaking of the rest of the way here on the nation's official podcast with tj blake Saturday in Norman, got got those OU Sooners, who I believe are still ranked 11th. Uh, yeah, but they're they, in the they top got, 15. They just lost last night at home to, to Texas. Um, 
So I suspect we'll get their best effort on Saturday coming off of a loss at home. They're not going to want to lose two in a row at home, but um, it's an opportunity, TJ. I don't think this is an unwinnable game. I think this is a game that you've got a very good chance to go in and win, get yourself another quad one win against a quality opponent on the road. Um, but even if they drop it, TJ, they have an opportunity on Tuesday night to go get another one at TCU. Uh, so that's the every night, in the big 12. Yeah. And I, I don't, you just love the big 12. It's they cannibalize themselves and it's awesome. I mean, it is the middle of this league. TJ is, is, and we haven't even talked about Iowa State. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. The, the middle part, like the, the Big 12's got great top-end teams in Houston and Kansas, and they're both bona fide national champion you know, contenders and preseason favorites, and, and rightfully so, right? But the middle of the Big 12, everybody from Baylor through, um, I guess, Texas, because they're now with their win, they're they're back to the first four out. Um, so if you're in the first four, next four out, I consider you a good basketball team, right? You're in the top 70 ish teams in the country. Um, the middle of this league is just so tough. And and so many of these teams would be top two or three in almost any other major conference. And um, it's just, they beat each other up and it's a, it's a battle every night. And there's a reason that these teams advance in March because they're battle tested. No doubt about that. I mean, just that, that Iowa state run as an 11 seed a couple of years ago, just, Proves just that, right? Like yeah. you can, as long as you can get in the dance out of the Big Twelve, you got a shot to make a serious run in March. A five hundred team in the Big Twelve is very capable of making of winning two games and making a Sweet Sixteen. But bottom, but here, you know, they're they're not going to be afraid if they're eight and eight and they're a ten seed or an eleven seed and they've got to run into a two a two or a three seed in in the second round after pulling a first round quote unquote upset. They're not going to be afraid of the of the two or the three seed from the AAC or the Big Ten. Um, you know, a Wisconsin or a, a Ohio State or um, a North Carolina. Like, these teams aren't afraid of them, and it's it shows. Yeah, no doubt. Grant McCaslin and the boys are getting us excited. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Blake and I, post game this week, you there uh, yep. after OU? I will be there. No, no, nothing holding me back. Yep, so. looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll be back on here uh, with the post-game show after the game on Saturday against the Sooners. And uh, looking forward to it and see if how long the Red Raiders can battle and hang on to first place here in this crazy and wild Big 12. Um, Blake, anything else? I think that's about it, TJ. All right. Well, I appreciate you hopping on today here on the Nation's Official Podcast. And, Blake, before we get out of here, how do we always end these things? Wreck them. Wreck them. We will talk to you guys on the post game on Saturday.